Hello and welcome to the Business Purpose Trends podcast, especially if this is your first time. I'm Phil Preston and this is episode seven and your weekly update of less than 10 minutes on all things businessy and purposey and looking at the trends shaping the future of business and our way of life, really. But we'll get into that in a moment. Firstly, just a bit of a shout out to Mark McPherson, who got in touch and was uh, posing a few questions because he'd seen some conflicting ideas around, is your purpose the same as your why? Now, I know this is going to a more personal level and not so much a business level, and it is a very deep topic area, but Mark's questions were around, you know, is your why different or not um, to your purpose? And in my world, I tend to equate the two things. So your purpose is your why, and that meaningful issues, causes, or events in your life help you uncover or clarify what your purpose or why is. Now, Mark's observations were that some frameworks call these meaningful issues, causes, or events, those things are labeled your why or the things that are why you come up with a purpose that you do. Now, I think it's it's fairly semantic uh, and you can use clearly whatever works for you. Um, but I think uh, another a point here is I don't really go with the idea that you need to have some overarching purpose that sort of dictates what you do within your whole life context because there's many different dimensions to purpose and the different types of goals that we're trying to achieve. So um, look, it's okay to go with that, um, but it's okay not to as well. There's a whole lot more could be said around that. But if this topic interests you, you may want to check out my other podcast, which is a longer form interview-based podcast, and it's called The Purpose Edge. Interviews are typically between 40 and 60 minutes long and they examine the role of purpose in the career and life stories of really interesting guests. And at the end of each one, I do a little bit of a, a takeaway or three takeaways, a, a summary, just to sort of round up a few things that, that came out of those interviews. This um, episode this week is a little bit of a magazine-y episode, a few different things, and I'm going to do a few of these in the future. I quite like these ones, actually. So uh, the first one is following up from last week, I was talking about ESG ratings, and I mentioned that Standard & Poor's had removed their letter ratings from some of their uh, reports, uh, sorry, their letter ratings on ESG. And that was perhaps a little bit motivated by political sensitivities and the anti-woke agenda that we're seeing, especially in the US. But some other interesting news to go with that was, and uh, you might know this, but I didn't realise this before now, there's a new product category called anti-ESG funds. So these are funds that want to exclude companies that do consider ESG risks. Or you can think of them as companies that are overweight, industries like tobacco, um, defence, or companies explicitly endorsing one-sided political views. Now, there you go. There's a thing. And they have names like God Bless America or Point Bridge America. And their letter acronyms they use will be things like MAGA and YOL. So, that market is a $2.4 billion market um, as of mid-2023, whereas the market for what people would call ESG funds is $313 billion. So, you know, these uh, anti-ESG funds are less than 1% of that total, but it's interesting. And just in case you thought common sense might prevail in investment markets, um, this is yet another reason to convince us otherwise. I think it's probably uh, an effective way of destroying value in the medium to long term. And deep down, I suspect the managers and promoters of those funds probably know it, just exploiting people's vulnerability or arbitraging levels of knowledge. 
if there's one quote or one comment I come back to again and again and again, and it comes from being in a conference um, in London in, I think, 2002, and I had the pleasure of hearing Frank Partnoy, I think he's a professor at Stanford University, he was giving a speech at a conference that was very much put on and attended by investment bankers, and Frank said, look, there's only two sustainable competitive advantages in investment banking. One is arbitraging rules, which is like tax rules or any types of rules, capital requirements. And the second one is arbitraging dumb investors. And so uh, unfortunately, um, I wouldn't say investors are dumb, but quite often there's arbitrages of knowledge going on. Um, The promoters will be probably pointing to certain features of these products, but not really explaining the risks inherent of other parts of them. So there you go. Thanks for that, Frank. I remember that even though it was more than 20 years ago today and anti-ESG funds probably could be falling into that category. It'll be very interesting to see what the returns look like over time. A second item for this uh, podcast is some Gallup data came out this week, which is always interesting. They've released their State of the Global Workplace 2023 report. And what they found is that engagement levels are generally rising globally. They sit at about 23%. That's the global average. So 23% are engaged, 59% are disengaged, and 18% are actively disengaged. So I think they add up to 100. Um, But what I found really interesting here was, well, not only those figures are interesting, that Gallup are using the terminology quiet quitter instead of disengaged. So disengaged appears more in brackets. They are saying quiet quitters are your your 59%, your disengaged portion. And they talk about the actively disengaged cohort being loud quitters. So I find it really interesting that they formally adopted that language. This is, um, yeah, I didn't realize those terms had gone that far. They also noted that in best practice organizations, they will have average, on average, 72% engagement. So consider that versus the global average of 23. Um, now, best practice organizations are ones that Gallup has awarded um, as being um, exceptional workplace award winners. So 72% engagement versus 23 um, sounds like a good place to be and maybe worth looking at more in the future. But the takeaway from all this is I think there's a lot of fragile work cultures out there, but that also means there's a lot of opportunity and purpose plays a big role in cementing those opportunities. Just a quick mention of an agenda for a conference I saw in the US, quite a big one. I think it was the Fortune Media uh, Conference, and I forget the theme of it, but I, I love looking at the names of the main plenary sessions. And the three that are coming up in that conference, and, and Fortune is generally really switched on to, so I guess, the, the zeitgeist of what's going on in the moment. Their three topics are, one, inclusivity that meets the moment, two, the green revolution is here, and three, aligning profitability with purpose. So I think that's a really good take on on what's topical at the moment. And this last topical, uh, sorry, this last topic of aligning profitability with purpose is certainly something I'm passionate about and have written a book on and, and get right into it. And what I like about it is that if your the core purpose of your organization, whether it's for or not for profit, if, if that's very aligned with what society really needs and, and you're providing something that's genuine and useful for people in society, then that's really going to hard code in a certain level of resilience to your organization or your business because you're not going to fall out of favor quickly if you're providing things that people genuinely need. 
Now, you've still got to do that competitively. You've still got to do it efficiently and effectively. But it comes back to this idea that we're talking about a paradigm now that is business and society, not business or society. Purpose is no longer about corporate foundations helping charities or the old volunteering day for staff. It's what's going on in the core of business. And I can see there's a lot of mindset shift and new skills and capabilities needed in making that transition, which is partly why this podcast exists. But there's a lot of work to be done. And I think it's interesting that that Fortune Media um, sponsored conference there has aligning profitability with purpose as one of its main conversation points. So I hope you've enjoyed this magazine-style episode. I'd love you to recommend it to others if you found it useful, other people in your network. I'd love your feedback and about what's discussed and what you'd like more discussion on. You'll find my contact details in the show notes. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Business Purpose Trends podcast. I'm Phil Preston. Have a great day and may the Business Purpose Trend be with you. Mm-hmm.